Hello, and welcome to Challenge Talk Podcast, part of the Geocache Talk Network. Um, Jeff? Hey, Jeff. Oh, he's not on. <laughs> oh, crap. Okay, one second here. Jeff? Are you there? Got to text Jeff. Jeff? Hello? Uh oh. <laughs> I think Jeff lost track of time. Jeff? Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll keep going. Welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We broadcast live on the first Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube or Facebook to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, we'll be talking about Springing forward with challenge caching. Jeff, are you there? Are you back finally? <laughs> I, I think, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Am I good? I can hear you. And you lost <laughs> your Snuggie. <laughs> oh. oh, I was totally not ready for this show. Oh, man. <laughs> Caught you in the middle of dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oh, I'm going to have to put off this for a little bit. I'll get back to that. Oh, shoot. Sushi. Not the sushi. <laughs> Well, we all know what day it is, right? Yes. It's April 1st. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times. Happy good times. April Fools. We are here. <laughs> We're here ready for a real show. And this That's is really right. show 10, springing forward with, forward with challenge caching. Yeah. So, uh, we will, yes, I'm not sure. Where did you leave off? <laughs> well, we also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. So between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we'll be playing our special game exclusively for a live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. Let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> The Wheel of Challenges. Nice. Very good. <laughs> uh, so listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership to Project GC. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cash the Line, and we have a little bit of a big news to get out of the way. Over the past while, we've been working to, uh, to, to solidify a new project, and we are going to announce it just in one second because we have been chatting with, drumroll, <laughs> CBS, <laughs> the creator of Amazing Race, and we are starting filming for Challenge, Challenge Rock. Rock. <laughs> That's right. It's a competitive reality game, and it's all based on challenge completions and working your way to the top and beating everybody else. Because challenges are always about competition, right? That's right. <laughs> and the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look forward for that in the coming, I think, five years was the, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Send your donations in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a, an interesting month and there's been a whole lot of news that have come up, that's come out of uh, mm -hmm. headquarters. Um, and uh, we could probably just dive into some of those right now. Yeah. Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind that's brand new since last month? So it's not exactly new for you, but it's new for me. 
and a lot of my fellow Americans <laughs> and others around the world. And that's the upvoting on logs, on, on cash pages online. And so this has been a feature that's been available in Canada and is it Norway for yes. years now. And I don't know if that was a test project um, or how it was just rolled out to only a few countries, but now it is widely available. Yeah, I think they were just seeing what the reception would be like and uh, how, how much it's being used. Mm -hmm. And being in Canada and having seen it and used it, it's not super actively used, but when it is, it's helpful. Oh, that's good uh, to know. Yeah, they tried to stay away from all the negative downvoting and try to keep things positive, uh, whether uh, logs are helpful or uh, entertaining or interesting to listen to. Right, or, uh, there's we... only positive ways to vote. Right, so occasionally looking through those logs and seeing those upvotes, it's uh, it's a value add. It's something to, to look forward to. So, so if the community uh, uses it and embraces it, it's a good tool. Yeah, I've given a few of those. You're not limited, like favorite points. You can just uh, upvote anything you want to whenever you want. Um, and if you, if it's used properly, it's it's really good. Um, and I've, I've upvoted a number of things over the last few years and spotted a few. I think a couple have actually been helpful. Um, arguably, some people say, "What? how can a log be helpful? Because if it's for a cache, then all the information should be in the cache listing. But... Mm -hmm. You know, when you're going for a cache, there might be something brand new that's changed, or maybe a, a cacher has found a, another trailhead and put coordinates there, so to make things easier for people to get right. to a cache, things like right. that. So, and you know, I have in desperation searched through logs for the even the smallest of keywords that will help me, and so that might be another thing that can be found in the right. uploaded logs, the most helpful logs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so also, we've got a little bit of a show follow-up from last month. Uh, there, when we were talking about how to create uh, project GC checkers, um, I fumbled a little bit on where to get the code for the checker. Oh right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so when you're looking at an actual G uh, challenge checker on the right on project GC, there is a um, a button for link, and that it. It's kind of an odd name, but if you click that button for link, then that will pop up with the variety of uh, of checkers that uh, uh, checker images and code that you could use on your page with the HTML. Okay. Um, so just to show that here, when you're looking at the checker, so you've got all that information on the right side or all these buttons. If you click that link button, you'll get the variety from the very basic text only all the way down to um, the graphic that shows the current count of people who've qualified and not qualified. So right, and that third most um, detailed graphic is the one they suggest is used. Yeah, it's the most informative, and if you are a paying member, it automatically tells you if you have if on their last check of your profile if you qualify or not. Oh, very nice. Mm. Very handy. And to follow up as well from last month. Uh, I personally made a little bit of a mistake on the wheel of uh, challenges. I almost said fortune <laughs> the wheel of challenges when the GBs, Gary of the GBs, he, uh, he did manage to get the first answer in properly, but I misread his username, which is GBs. So we ran, we, we spun a special uh, spin for him during our 
live coverage of the Texas Challenge. Mm -hmm. And he won. Yes, he did. Yay! <laughs> so, so we'll start fresh little, tonight and do our best yeah. not to make any real challenges mistakes. That's right. There's a little bit of a change to the instructions just so that it's absolutely clear where there's a username. Yep. So we also have a brand new souvenir promotion that's yeah. beginning on in 11 days. Yes, April 12th. Yes. Yep. This one is a three-month promotion, and it's called The Science of Discovery. <laughs> I really like the eye, uh, the images, so that one caught my attention right away, even just visually. Right. Like, the, uh, they're, they're going with the theme of science now, and according to their blog post, uh, they've got all the instructions, all the information, um, and... We'll drop the link as well, but you'll find all the information about how to earn points there. Mm -hmm. Everywhere from uh, anything from a standard found it. So geocaching normally, you will you could still potentially earn all of the levels, all of the souvenirs. Uh, and that's five points for a found it. All the way up to the 10 points, which they're really pushing and promoting. Adventure Labs. Now, do you think this is for finishing a whole lab or per lab stage? Based on the discussions that I've seen, this appears to be per location, and they say in on the blog post, adventure location, location, which means if you go for an adventure lab and you play through, you could potentially get well, a standard adventure lab of five locations. Wow. Mm -hmm. You could earn 50 points right off the bat for yeah. completing a full adventure lab. So it'll be interesting to see how fast people earn these levels. <laughs> I think with Adventure Labs, it could be done very quickly if you have enough right. around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so with, with these points can add up really quickly. And the because of all of this COVID uh, stuff, they have previously expanded the period of time for uh, some recent souvenir promotions. Mm -hmm. This one is three months. It's April 12th. Right. And they say they'll, you know, they'll flex with the the times and what's happening. So that's nice to know, but mm -hmm. it kind of feels like we're, it feels a little bit back to normal where it's a promotion with a set amount of time. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, because the adventure labs are those non-contact, non, non geocaches, um, it seems a little more reasonable that, you know, three months could still be doable for people if they're only doing adventure labs. Right. Right. I think a lot them. of us, and I'm seeing in our chat room um, have already, uh, found all the adventure labs near us. So it still might take some planning. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, but they, it could bring attention to adventure labs to people who haven't even given them a thought. They're not integrated into the regular geocaching app yet. So it could be something yeah. a person tries for the first time because of this promotion. Yeah. And I, I saw somebody made a comment about the levels that, uh, Rocket science is 50 points. Rocket science. <laughs> so the first level, you're a rocket scientist. Complete one adventure lab and you're a rocket Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and so this one uses the leaderboard and the point system, whereas Wonders of the World uses attributes assigned to individual caches. Right. Yeah, so you'll be able to compare your points, your tally with your friends as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Other news. We have, oh, brand new recently, 
brand new recently. <laughs> we have uh, a brand new announcement from uh, uh, from HQ that the Adventure Labs, the not the locations, but the individual posted coordinates for Adventure Labs will soon be showing up in the official app on their Great. Map. Great. Everyone's been waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, based on Brian Ross' description, it'll be just like a normal cache. So if you're ex looking around the map and you tap an icon, it'll slowly pop up that little, uh, what do you call it? The little tray icon on the bottom that will give you a little bit of information. And if you tap that, it'll take you over to the Adventure Labs app. Oh, so, so do you think you still have to have both apps on your phone? Yes. So he said in, in the uh, the podcast, the geocaching podcast, that um, uh, if you don't have the app, it'll take you to the store. Google, um, Apple and Android to uh, to download the app and then view. Okay. So okay. it's a partial integration. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's probably I'm thinking that's about as far as it's gonna go because they're they're two separate types of games. So mm -hmm. I don't think they'll be bringing all of the Adventure Lab stuff into the official app. But they are adding it to the API, which means as Aussie Geocacher C Michel says. Cashly will have the ability to also show those adventure labs in uh, in Cashly in the app, very yeah. similarly. So, how how he incorporates that, we'll see. Maybe he'll be creative and find some ways to to make it um, even more interesting <laughs> or more fun. But we'll see. Every time, such as right now. It's all about Cashly. <laughs> this is all going through our chat right now, and I do not have an iPhone. And every time Cashly is mentioned. It makes me ponder, should I switch? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you'll get people who stand by their favorite Android apps as well. So, You know, I slowly got away from every Android app, and I just used the official app from geocaching. And so I can't say that I have a favorite Android app because everyone has, every one of them has let me down in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about uh, any new challenges? Is there anything that you have started working on in the past month or anything that you're focusing on? So I am going to be taking a trip soon in May to finish Oregon counties and Delorme pages that I need in Northeast Oregon. So those, those will be two finished two challenges in, in and of themselves. And then I'll be able to get my local um, Oregon Delorme what would that be? Final <laughs> challenge cash. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'll be able to get that the way it's set up. It's a very old challenge in Oregon. And so when you can prove that you completed it, you send in your proof, then the owner sends you back the coordinates. So very old school. It's actually the coordinates are beyond far away from the actual location. Um, I know through word of mouth that I live close to the actual location. So that's nice. So that's on my radar. And then what I've done is used Project GC to see what challenge caches are around my road trip route. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Right. Yeah. And uh, coming into spring, we'll talk about this later as well. But uh, now is definitely a good time to start looking into planning <laughs> those upcoming those trips for the upcoming months, mm -hmm. uh, depending on how much you can travel. <laughs> right. Right. Always safely. Um, I, I've uh, recently started populating my calendar, my uh, monthly calendar okay. with all the dates that I need to get out and find caches for challenges. Um, OK, so you're filling in a challenge calendar. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I use Outlook Calendar. I'm still kind of old school like that. But mm -hmm. it, I like I like just having everything digitally visible so I can just drop in, a, find X number of caches or a certain, uh, a certain type of cache or property or whatever on this day. Yes. And I know when I'm going to that day, this is all I've got to do today, including geocaching. <laughs> I did that way back when, when I moved to Oregon 10 years ago, I did that on my paper calendar, <laughs> um, which ca I put a, a symbol on each date that I needed to fill in the calendar. It was so helpful that I could move to a completely new location. I think that's the only way I was able to um, fill in my days of the year calendar as quickly as I did, but it was with any cache type, not, not such a... Um, higher standard of filling in that calendar with all challenge caches. That's pretty awesome. I would love to do that someday. I just live in a cached out area. It's, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I can't plan on any kind of number challenges for that reason. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. And uh, I, th I think I'm still kind of a little bit fortunate in Ontario because we've got so many very, very active cash owners mm -hmm. that uh, cash hiders that uh, there's there's no shortage and Ontario is huge. So there's still loads of opportunity. That's awesome. But, uh, but Ontario keeps going in and out of uh, lockdowns, which means the reviewers have decided to either publish or not publish depending on the state of things. And so we're in and out of new caches coming out. Um, so it's keeping everybody on their toes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, our our reviewers are every so often sending out their message to the masses of Oregon, what's currently going to happen and not going to happen. Yeah. That's a job to stay on top of the guidelines and how are we going to interpret it for geocaching? Mm -hmm. So if we are going to double check our statistics, our challenge caching statistics for this month, uh, we have uh, some some changes, a few uh, a few updates. So, based on Project GC stats, uh, so viewing from a tools drop down into the challenge checkers uh, link, it'll take you to information. And in that top right, they've got checker statistics. And here you can see that as of today, we have six thousand and eighty four active scripts. And that is the total number of uh, scripts that are handling all of the challenge checkers across the board. And that is up by 100, just over 100, 120-ish since last month. So there's still new scripts being written. <laughs> I'm, and not being back-end, maybe uh, Rich Reagan, I'm not sure who is uh, maybe a script writer in chat, but uh, maybe somebody on the back end might have an idea or be able to explain how so many scripts are still being written. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ha has has not everything already been thought of? <laughs> Is it because of the so many variables on some on a lot that are so similar, but just that one twist on them that makes them a new script? Well, it's kind of, uh, it's more algorithms, like the variable, I guess, depending on how the scripts are written, Variables change in the tags. The scripts okay. are the things that handle those variables. So okay. if the script is well written, then it shouldn't matter what the values are as long as the the, the scripts and the functions can handle it all. So, um, and there are a few scripts that are extremely versatile. Okay. So, um, like there are some scripts that are multi-script handlers, and and some like it's just it's. It would be fascinating to look at the back end 
not as a script writer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's still interesting seeing these stats update. Um, speaking of tags, since last month, we have uh, new parameter sets are now at 35,844, which is up by 400. And that is basically unique challenges. So those those are multiple listings that some of them may share the same challenge, um, uh, but different uh, different parameter sets, so different values, um, but some of them may be duplicate. Okay. So and Rich challenges, said, not not challenge caches. Gotcha. Rich said he needed a new one just this week. Five states with a hundred unique icons per state did not exist yet. So interesting. Hundred unique, hundred unique icons or a hundred. A hundred in each oh, state. Oh, times 100 with unique. I okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. that's a complicated one. Yeah. <laughs> times 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in each of five states, you have to have 100. Uh, unique finds. 100 finds with unique icons. Unique icons per state. Ah, whatever. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> trying to describe some of these challenges in one compact sentence is is sometimes really fun <laughs> <laughs> um so then we also have uh unique checkers which is active tags and there are forty three thousand four hundred and eighty two, and that is up about 500 or so since last month and those are the ones that are unique checkers by gc code so those are individual GC listings. Gotcha. So th those ones could be duplicates, but they are that number of geocache listings have been tagged with checkers. Sometimes um, I need this explanation every month <laughs> to, to <laughs> stay on top of these definitions. <laughs> there, there could be a diagram to like show how right. the relationship of these things, but it's all the back end. So uh, yeah, doing a search by attribute, um, Challenge caches worldwide. We are now at 30,826, and that is up by 627 new uh, new chat new caches, new challenge caches since last month. Great. And eh, similar to challenge caches by challenge, which is at our challenge in the title, the old way, which is 30,838. And that's a 12 number difference, which is less than last month. Last month there was a 32 a, a 32 count difference between the two. So they're they're getting even closer. One of these days they'll be the same. <laughs> Maybe. It'll be a celebration on our podcast. <laughs> so after those checkers, if you recall last month uh we ran through the process of how to create a challenge mm -hmm. cache uh and including setting up the challenge checker and Emily, you created your very first challenge cache. I How's did. that going? Well, um, we talked a little bit about it on our April 13th challenge talk show, but to keep everyone in this audience up to date, I had to completely change the theme of my cache. And that was by choice because I want to save my theme when we're outside of a pandemic. The pandemic, uh, to go back, my theme was going to be to find 
um, unique icons. So to have a, a certain number of icons found, traditional, multi-virtual, letterbox, etc. So in a pandemic, I was being told that I cannot include things like Mega Cash, Giga, because none of those are happening right now. Um, and so I didn't want to be limited because I picked bad timing. So I'm going to hold off on that challenge type. And I um, got some ideas from just finding our way. And I loved the idea presented to me by him that I live on the coast and a lot of folks come through um, traveling the coast on a road trip. So I created what's on one hand a very simple cash, but the idea was to name it so it's a little more interesting as well as be a treat for people who do road trip the coast. So it's to find one cache in the seven counties that or in Oregon that border the Pacific Ocean. So really you only need seven cache finds to qualify for this, but it's you know a matter of several hundred miles to mm -hmm. qualify for it as well. So that is the theme that I went with and it's been well received and people are already posting their qualifications on it who haven't been able to come by yet. And some of my local cash cashers are finding it. So that's the adjustments I had to make, but um, it really wasn't too hard to make those adjustments. And I shout out to the script writer who wrote me a script or however you, whatever the right term was. And then I came back with my reviewers, no. And so that one just had to go away. And I'll be asking for that script another time um, with some of the, the guidance from the reviewer. Mm -hmm. And and that's it's a good change I think that you made as well because that encourages people to do a little more traveling mm -hmm. as long as they're capable even of some doing of our that. locals as I was looking up who qualified for this and you know something I had to do was I found a Project GC checker for all counties in Oregon and then I ran local cashers names through so even though most of the local cashers names said they didn't qualify for that challenge it didn't matter I was using that challenge to give me seven specific counties and so I could quickly see using a different checker who local qualified for that so that I could prove that this was an attainable challenge right and, and that can be one of the more difficult aspects of some of these challenges because um even though there might be some geocachers who have tens of thousands of fines out there, mm -hmm. they might not qualify. So the first people you go to generally are going to be the people with the most fines. Right. But depending right. on your challenge, they might not qualify. So trying to find somebody, you kind of have to think what geocacher might already qualify. Mm -hmm. If it's a traveling one, who travels the most? And then mm -hmm. try their, 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 uh, their name. Right. And I have to say, I, I had the, being my first and having an idea that got turned down and then I had to readjust, you know, I had a lot of thoughts and feelings around the process. And some of my feelings around the process came in with those 10 local cashers who qualify. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I'm like, this is so frustrating. I feel like I'm hiding a reward cash, not a challenge cash, <laughs> you know, yeah. because I'm in a small area. And so I, if I hide something that only my very small area local cashers have found it's not a challenge for them and it's only going to be a challenge for people who happen to come to my area so i posed that question to one of the oregon reviewers and i was told that 
Um, so like I said, I live on the coast and then there's I five internet interstate five. And, um, we have to travel over a few select crossroads to get to I five from here. And so there's a number of folks who live along I five directly to, um, the East of us. And so those folks who frequently come to my area would be allowable as part of the 10 10 cashers who qualify standard. So I really felt better about that, knowing that my pool of app or qualifiers, it wasn't so shallow and mm. that I could possibly hide challenges for my peers. If that makes sense. I, I just, it felt like I wanted to give them a challenge too, and not, not have everyone automatically qualify who could all, they could all rush out and get it, you know, right. at one time. So those are some of the feelings I had and the uh, um, good insight I got. Yeah. I felt kind of the same way when I was working on uh, my grid runner challenges, because um, I was trying with the moratorium over, I was trying to come up with a challenge that um, knowing that there are so many people out there who have some extreme stats, um, I didn't want to publish a challenge that would be hard for most people, but then 60, hundred people can just come out and sign it because they've already done it. Right. So trying to come up with a way to create a challenge that as much as possible gets everybody starting at the same level. And that's not easy to do when you've got people who've cleared out their, their home areas mm -hmm. <laughs> and where, where there's some people who still have hundreds within 10 kilometers of their home, you know, it's so, um, with that one, I guess it's kind of similar to yours. I used uh, county borders. So um, you can't have user-defined regions, mm -hmm. but you can still use counties as as a region. So for some of these very standard challenges like fizzies and jasmers and whatnot, um, I came up with a number of fairly basic common challenges, but restricted them to within a county or five neighboring counties or something like that. And that takes a lot more work, a little more research because you've got to make sure that the challenge is actually attainable. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a fizzy grid, you've got to make sure there are at least probably two or three active caches for every DT in that region. But at least in that case, people who definitely qualify for a th three fizzies who live 50 kilometers away might not qualify for this because if they don't come to your county to do that, then they still have to come here. Yeah, that's so a good point. That kind of helps a little bit in evening the playing field. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not very creative. I, I I can't create from nothing. And so now that I've gotten a few ideas thrown my way and um other folks uh, I should have been more prepared. I don't even remember who, but some folks have been sending certain challenge challenges my way to say, have you done this one? Have you seen this one? And it is inspiring to me seeing the variance and the creativity people have called the variance. And so, you know, it's for me, it's not just finding seven caches on that challenge I hid. It's about counties that border the Pacific Ocean, you know, mm -hmm. so that's much more interesting. And yeah. so I've, I've seen just those simple even boundaries turned into very interesting themes just by taking a look at what can I do with a county 
<laughs> you know, yeah. this, this line, this geographic line, how can I turn that into a topic? And so I've just been really inspired by some of those. And I, I hope that that gets my creative juices going now that I have a, a spring point springboard um, mm. from an idea. Right. And I, I think that is really the way the challenge caches are going now post moratorium, because yeah. there's technically speaking, there's not a whole lot of creativity you can have because of the new guidelines, right. but you can be creative in the themes and the connections about um, why people are, are trying to uh, find certain caches mm -hmm. and what, what the connections are there. Right. So for example, I saw one that was all about the 50 states and you didn't have to, it was just, it. there was no definition of how many states you had to find, but they attributed electoral college votes to the states. So whatever it carries in the U.S. for the presidential election, you had to come up with the amount of votes to win the presidential election based on the states you've visited, if that makes sense. And so mm -hmm. anybody in any combination of states could qualify for this challenge. And it was just such a unique way to look at a geographic region, but I qualify for this in a different way than the next guy does. Right. And we've got a, a couple of uh, challenges to highlight later on. They're similar to that. Good. Uh, being creative in that way. Good. <laughs> And I do want to say, um, it's in my personality, it's hard to go into something blind. And I really felt that way with the checkers and requesting a checker in the forums. I don't, didn't know the language, you know, obviously, uh, you know, like I said, I need this definition every month for those um, terms. So it really felt daunting to me to use the, not to use the forums, but to ask for something that I didn't understand what I was even asking for. Mm -hmm. And it really turned out to be so easy. I just mm -hmm. used the read me first post. I followed the instructions. I asked what I needed to ask. And someone got back to me in like moments. And I know it won't be moments every time, but um, it really was not as daunting as going into something that I didn't understand felt like it could have been. Right. And they're very good with that. Like if they, as long as they can understand what you're trying to express, then they're, they're friendly, they're helpful. They'll, they'll do things for you and, uh, and let you know whether it's doable or not. So yeah. like by all means, like they know there are people who are constantly going there who have never created challenge cash before. So sure. from beginners to experts, they have to deal with everybody and it's, it's a good forum. And yes. I mean, that's what they're volunteering to do, right? They're yeah, the, and they're, they're volunteering. So, so hats off to those script writers, because mm. as we've said, or as we know with the guidelines, it is absolutely required on new challenge caches. So you, there's no way of getting around it. So thank you to those volunteer script writers um, for mm. doing it and for um, the friendliness in it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like IT tech support. <laughs> you have to deal <laughs> sometimes with people who don't know what they're talking about, but you have to be a friendly, friendly voice to make right. sure that everybody right. gets yeah. things done. <laughs> so they were. <laughs> so those are all my thoughts on how it went to between last month and this month to get a challenge cash published for the first time. Mm -hmm. And has it, has it been published yet? Yes. It's it is been published. published. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, has it been a first to find on it yet? Yes, it was really kind of awesome. I had a geocaching friend reach out to me and um, offer me some, oh my goodness, it was amazing. Side note, 
amazing gift for a geocacher. He gave me a ream of right in the rain copy paper. And so the day we arranged to uh, meet up for that is the day it got published. So he was able to get it on his way to me, give me the paper, tell me he was first to find. So I got to congratulate my first to find within moments of it happening. And so that was kind of fun. Mm, mm. Oh, uh, Rich has clarified. Uh, it is 100 caches in each of five different states, provinces, countries, or regions. Plus, you must find at least five different icons, a minimum of, of one different icon in each of the five states, provinces, and countries. Okay. So I would describe that. <laughs> Potentially as, 95 traditionals, a multi-virtual letterbox, and a yeah. webcam. Okay. Yeah. So 100 finds spanning five different types, spanning five different regions. Great. <laughs> Uh, yeah oh the pizza ninja says i need to create a pizza challenge any ideas are welcome Ooh. Ooh. see there's a lot of numbers you could use with pizza challenges themes like uh pie. pizza pie <laughs> <laughs> um maybe maybe themes somehow based on the number of toppings so like a two topping pizza three four mm. five topping. <laughs> see these are the things i need the inspiration and then yeah the wheels get turning yeah yeah. So it is also now springtime. It is April 1st and we're springing forward as it were into better weather, better, better, uh, a, a better season, better weather. Yeah. On the Northern <laughs> hemisphere. <at least. laughs> longer days, longer More days, daylight, longer casting. Sure. <laughs> and um, so uh, I don't know if you've, well, we mentioned earlier that uh, we were looking to, what kind of challenges we can work on for the season, planning out the summer, uh, and hopefully with the freedom to be able to travel. Right. But um, one of the one of the challenges that I've been adding to my calendar now, uh, we had a number of new challenges published in Ontario, and um, one of those is uh, a DT shade challenge. So again. It's fairly straightforward finding a certain number of caches in a certain number of DTs when you, you know you look at your stats grid and that shade changes when it jumps into the next number, into the next range of numbers. And um, so looking at this now, it's not just a matter of fizzies. It's a matter of finding a certain number of caches in X number of DTs. And at least in Ontario, some of those challenges are getting harder and harder because there's so many people that have so many fines that um, uh, you have to start increasing those numbers to make it harder and make it more challenging for more people. Um, so I, I still need to go through all those uh, those different DTs, but doing the searches to say, these are the, D the, the rarer DTs. I need to find these ones. Um, and especially now with better weather, getting out on the water or, uh, right. uh, yeah. And, and so that's one thing. The other thing is again, filling those calendars, filling the month. Um, I don't do the entire year, but just when I move into a new month, fill out that month of the dates that are needed. The one, one challenge that I've noticed, uh, people working towards now is finding a full calendar year of challenge caches because now we have the attribute. It can be searched and it can be easily determined. Right. And so trying to like, not only is it just finding challenge, it's finding 300, at least 366 challenge caches and one on every date, date 
of the year. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's just sounds so daunting to me. I can't even say that there's that many in Oregon. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. Haven't counted, but it doesn't seem like it. And, and the hardest, the, the most, I want to say frustrating, but the most difficult part of planning that is that if there aren't that many caches, that many challenge caches in your area, then you have the issue of having to travel farther and farther just to get one a day. Right. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, you know, sometimes we have some power trails of challenge caches. So uh, up until uh, that challenge was published, you know, we go out and find 50 to 100 challenge caches along the trail, whether we qualify or not, sign in and keep a record of it, but we get them off the map. So all these clumps of challenge caches are, for us at least, generally already found or gone. Yeah. So now we've got scattered challenge caches all over the place and kind of like planning out your daily caching consecutive caching trips it's like yeah traveling farther and farther just to get one for that day that it's needed yeah really and that's been the reason i don't streak <laughs> that's <just laughs> so daunting <laughs> uh sharon asks finding or qualifying and logging that that challenge would be for the date of the find log that's about the only thing you can check anyway um so the checkers would be as of the find date for that particular cache yeah. And that's what, what that's what would qualify. And um, as a reminder, Rich says in the um, chat that you can't require 366. Right. right. That, yeah. Calendar the, challenges are limited to 365. Ooh. Right. And just finding our way knows that there's 455 challenges in Oregon. So I guess I guess I <laughs> there's no <laughs> well, way I can do one a day. <laughs> compare that to your map. So there is on on Project GC, they do have that actual uh, grid of your year, your your year grid of challenge cash finds. Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as I load it up, we have under the challenges tab, it gives you basically all the same stats, but only for caches that have the challenge attribute. That so right now you can see on the on the screen is my year grid and it is more than half empty. <laughs> so but you have April a little bit of break here. You, you don't have a, you don't have anything to do until the seventh, right? <laughs> right, yeah. But then it's five five days, six days of finding a challenge each day, <laughs> and I've got to travel now 20, 20 kilometers ish to get to one twenty to thirty kilometers to get to the closest yeah. challenge cache. Yeah. Oh, and we're not required. <laughs> we don't have all day every day for this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that's it's a long lunch break. <laughs> right. Or or an after work fresh air. Yeah. Um so if you have any challenges that you're working on like this that uh especially now that the summer is on its way, then uh, comment or uh, post in the chat or email us because again, we love to hear about it so that we can highlight these ideas. And, and like we've been talking about, like we, we love to see new and interesting ideas. They're inspirational. They help people um, come up with new challenges to keep the game interesting, especially yeah. now in the uh, post moratorium world. Right. And it's it's good to hear from what others are finding, as well as searching that Project GC challenges map. And also, I went to my statistics recently to look at where might I be missing something. So I filled in so many different grids, but I can always do double Jasmine or triple fizzy or 
notch it up another level on the number of multis I've found. So your own statistics can be a good inspiration on what level do you want to level up to next? Right. So, uh, yeah, if you have any questions or ideas or inspirations, then email challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we might have it on the show as a topic and we might chat about it and get Absolutely. people's responses. So if we move on now to our monthly wheel of challenges, <laughs> we have one live viewer each month to be selected to face off against the wheel and have a chance to win the grand prize, which is one year membership of Project GC. To enter, be sure to send an email with the subject containing spin me, followed by your geocaching username in brackets. So put a couple of brackets. Let me let me uh, fix this display. Uh, make sure that it's in brackets so that we know what uh, where the username is, and there's no question. <laughs> and include <laughs> include the answer to the following question: The first verified user gets the wheel, and your profile will be checked live on Project GC. And if you qualify, you will win. And here is your question. Which souvenir rank in the Science of Discovery promo requires the most points? All right. If, so, you, were, if right? you were watching. Yes. <laughs> we scrolled by it very quickly if you were watching. <laughs> um, yeah. So that starts on the 12th. So that's, uh, what is that, a week and a half-ish. Yeah. Is that a Friday? Been, I was really glad to see that this promotion um, included the dates of my vacation because usually that's how I hit the promotions is when I have a good dedicated amount of time to go geocaching, of course. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like I'm going to be someone who is uh, trying to qualify for this by not focusing on Adventure Labs. <laughs> <'Cause it's> just, <laughs> there you it's, go. It's I, you always thing. give a good twist to the challenges. So I like that. Try yeah. to accomplish it without labs. <laughs> and and especially now with uh, so many um labs being already found mm -hmm. <laughs> they it could be they're fairly limited when they're coming out so um a lot of people have already found a lot of them i know there's some people local who uh who have who pretty much go for them as soon as they uh as soon as they're published Right. And, and I've with, been doing that. I don't know why. I don't normally treat regular caches that way, but I've been treating labs that way locally. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're, they're simple to get to usually, and, and you kind of want to get them so that you're able to get the bonus cache as soon as possible. Yes. yes. Especially for an FTF. <laughs> we have the first person who has sent in the correct answer. The answer is futurology. Futurology. How many of us knew that word before this promotion? <laughs> and the winner is Zipper Tiff. Zipper Tiff. Zipper Tiff. Zipper Tiff. <laughs> and Zipper Tiff. Did I? That's an I, yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, bring up the wheel. And we shall test Zipper Tiff against the wheel. <gasps> there it is. 
All right. Virtually, <laughs> virtually <laughs> tapping the spin button. What have we this month? It, it's snowing down. Oh, do we have? Oh, oh, oh. it's oh, it's a five star, well-rounded casher. The fizzy challenge. Fizzy challenge. GC one one E eight N. All right, Zipper Tiff, what do you think? She's in our yes. chat. <laughs> this is a 5-5 five, five challenge. It was published in 2007, long pre-moratorium, uh, by Kialia in California. This is the original fizzy challenge. The, the uh, Yeah, the original fizzy challenge in California. All right. This and is she the says one she thinks she's good, so we'll see. <laughs> this good isn't luck. just one fizzy. This is the special one. This is the one the that has date one. restrictions. Okay, yeah. what are they? So there's no new caches will qualify for this challenge. Um, the challenge is to find to first find at least one of every cache DT combo. So that's full fizzy grid. Okay, uh, but you'll you'll also need to have at least one of those cache types. Um, one of each of the cache types below. So earth cache, event, letterbox, CEDO, uh, multi, traditional, unknown, virtual, and webcam. Um, and uh, ape caches aren't included, megas are, uh, or, or megas, uh, or locationless. So just from that list. And all of the caches that qualify have to be published before this cache. So they have to be oldies. Oh, wow. And when was it published again? 2007, April 6th. It's almost his birthday. <laughs> 20, <laughs> no, seven, seven, 14th birthday in five days. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. That's, that's, that's high standards. Let's see. Right. Th this is the type of challenge that cannot be published anymore because of the date restriction which right. makes it extremely hard for people to qualify this is this is the type of challenge that gets harder and harder the more time it goes on because those mm -hmm. qualifying challenges slowly get archived right so let's double check to make sure so if you're watching right now on the screen i've got the project gc browser plugin which displays because this is pre-moratorium there's mm -hmm. no check for it but other people have created one so the project gc plugin uh, lists uh, the displays any associated challenge checker for it. And there are two created. The interesting one thing is that both of them have different stats on them. So mm. let's see which one is the good one. <laughs> <laughs> the good one that lets <laughs> Tiffany win. <laughs> this one <laughs> was created by Target, Dietrich Matrix Checker. Let me just double check. So max hidden date. So before April 6, 2007, uh, later event uh later types i guess they are allowing event and cedo yeah so difficulties loops and these are the required types i guess that's this one has some exceptions programmed into this script interesting so let's hide that <gasps> this script says does not fulfill missing a two two difficulty four and a half terrain and a 2.5 difficulty four and a half terrain what is that for your own stats there oh I didn't change the name. <laughs> that that's why it seemed familiar. <laughs> Zipper Tiff. Thank you for that. Not making another mistake like that. No. <laughs> uh, but Zipper Tiff also does not qualify. No. 
quite a number of those higher difficulty caches are not not filled out. That is a but, tough challenge. Yeah, but you're, it looks like you're over half, which is good. Doesn't that's the kind of challenge that will that really inspires it gives you a long-term goal lots mm -hmm. of good adventures to get there and a very satisfying finish out of curiosity let's check the other checker to see yeah. what, what it says it's always interesting to see what the differences are so oh it's the same script but there are some different parameters okay so, no, no, that's me. I did it again. Change the <laughs> name. Zipper Tiff. <laughs> Run the checker. And same result. So, well, it looks there like are some, some filled in down there. So there is a difference between those two checkers. Wow. Yeah. So, but we're going to um, praise Tiffany's accomplishments. She's yeah. got eight fizzy loops for just a regular good old fashioned DT. Oh, yeah, Great. for sure. That's yeah. That's still really good. So one of those things you can do in that case, if there is a question, you can check to see what other people, which checker other people have used. Um, you could cash owner might vote the log. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Helpful. Yeah. Um, that one is tag 7799. This one is tag 77. It looks like it's probably the first one. We'll have to look deeper into the parameters to figure out which one actually is more accurate. But unfortunately, both of them are failed. But yeah. that doesn't mean it's not an impressive accomplishment. <laughs> right, to have eight loops. Yeah, good job. Yeah. So thanks for participating. <laughs> of course. Um, and if we move on now to our monthly challengers, we like to uh, every month give a congratulatory shout out to listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging a challenge cache since the last show. And anyone who sends an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com, including the GC code with uh, a found it log, your found it log, and a photo if you like. Uh, for that month, we will be entered into a draw for the prize giveaway, which is a Challenge Talk Geocoin. Mm -hmm. Do you have one with you? Um, it is in my display back here. <laughs> There we go. The Challenged Hawk official geocoin. Very nice. There we go. Oh, that looks like yeah. the leaderboard coin. Oh, that's the... Oh, I just picked <laughs> one up. The top. April Fool's. This is the Challenged Hawk geocoin. There we go. The Very nice similar golden, in color. Golden, uh, uh, whatever it's called. Chalice. The chalice. Yes. <laughs> So uh, there are quite a few entries emailed in for this month as well. And uh, trying to filter them down to just a handful to highlight is always a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but first of all, we have one sent in by Rody Guy. This one is GC3C30A, the Magic Cube Cash Challenge. I like the presentation of this one. All right. So this one... This one is 2012 published, so pre-moratorium. And he actually took a Rubik's Cube and put all the cache types, even prospectively added yes, them. The, the right cube. angle. That's I noticed that immediately. And I thought those are <laughs> skills I don't have. Well done. Yep. Published by Adroit Seeker Adroit in uh, in BC. 
The challenge here is fairly straightforward. It's another one where you've got to find a certain number of uh, caches uh, for each, for a list of cache types, everywhere from one virtual, and these are cubes. So the second one is two by two by two, which is eight letterboxes, three by three by three, 27 events, etc. Earth caches, multis, puzzles, and three up to 343 traditionals, which is okay. seven times seven times seven. So this seems like something that would be allowable now. Yeah. It's very straightforward. Uh, yeah, because there are challenges that are like fizzy, uh, Fibonacci sequence mm -hmm. challenges, uh, Baker's Dozen challenges, just that increasing count style of, uh, of finds. Right. And so and, this cashier ranked which ones he thought maybe um, would be most accessible. Right. To, to have higher numbers of finds. Yeah. Traditional definitely is <laughs> the most common. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat. Thanks, yeah. Rody Guy, for that one. Uh, next up, we have one sent in by Zipper Tiff. It is the, uh, no, wait. So, oh, I have mine out of order. Okay, we'll do the one in by Kitty Catch. That is this one, GC7GFTM, okay. uh, which is the Southeast Corner Challenge. Oh, boy. So this one is by the Humbug <laughs> in 2017, December. Uh, it is in Australia, Australia. And look at that grid. That kind of corner. Oh. <laughs> so this is a DT grid. Okay. And to qualify, you need to find in the southeast corner of the DT grid, uh, what was the amount? You have to find at least 100 caches of six different six types types all in the southeast corner of the dt grid mm. which is everything from difficulty 5 terrain 3 diagonally up to difficulty 3 terrain 5 so usually they're like a corner right so like the a little square like the bottom right corner top left corner or 3 by 3 or whatever grid this is like an angled one so the, that that middle of the grid is not relevant. It's, it's right. all harder stuff. The I'm uh, that, very curious if I qualify for this. The thing that got me on this one was that I remember trying to publish some caches, some challenge caches that did some similar stuff with the DT grid, and they were denied because of the user-defined region. So this piqued my curiosity because it's not like, individual difficulties of terrains it's literally diagonals yeah so i guess it, it is it's similar to uh the uh the grid runner challenges that i have where uh i call it the uh, star bar where if you add the difficulty and terrain together mm -hmm. then that becomes your your um your line and that is basically a diagonal line because if you think about it five plus three difficulty plus terrain is the same as three plus five difficulty terrain so if you were to say a star bar eight, it's everything on that diagonal line because that all difficulty plus terrain add up, adds up to eight. Mm -hmm. It's tough to explain, and it was tough to come up with a way to explain that in the cache listing that it wouldn't appear as a user-defined region uh -huh. as a, like a mathematical, statistical thing. So I guess in a way, this is true. You could say the D plus T adds up to at least eight, eight or more. That would cover that corner. But anyway, that that pattern 
caught my attention. So I thought that was kind of an interesting one. And that was published in 2017. And I checked and I do not qualify. <laughs> <laughs> Something to work towards. That's a hundred caches and those are high difficulty and or high terrain. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to target caches for that one, I think. Right. Very purposeful. Next up, we have the... Okay, let me get the right one. Yes. We have one sent in from just finding our way. It is GC51ZZK. Yes, I said ZZ, and I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Well-rounded difficulty terrain day challenge by Ragfoot in California, published in 2014. And this one, I like this one. This is a pre-moratorium. We have a, a couple similar to this, but this one is completing half of your uh, fizzy grid, your DT grid, in one. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> In one day. <laughs> in one day. In one day. That's 41 Ooh. different difficulty terrain combos in one day. Ooh. And I remember this one used to be a kind of a popular one in the early days of challenge caches because my geocaching profile had this graphic that's shown on the cache listing. Right. It, I it know that I have that. Yeah. I know I have that statistic on my profile. Mm-hmm but I am nowhere and, near 41. <laughs> I used to have that one on there as well. I, I liked working towards that. That takes a lot of planning. And there are people who have, again, created things like power trails with as many DTs as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and one of, one of my series, the tree climb trail, my aim is to have to at least try to get a complete 81 grid of all tree climbs along a trail or two in the same vicinity. So that'll take some time. Plus, yeah. how do you get a tree climb, a one-terrain tree climb? <laughs> so, right. Um, I just so I checked like my stats, and I only have 27 in one day. So oh, that's, long that's way from 41. Yeah, I didn't even try that good. day. I um, it's it's it was a day where I went caching and mostly got from one guy who does try to hide a variety all the time. He's hiding something that might mm. not be very common. So it was an accidental 27 in one day, but <laughs> I'll have to try again for 41. <laughs> and I guarantee yeah. I'll get poison oak that day. So <laughs> that's another way I have to gear up for my challenges is be ready for poison oak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember what my current max is, but I do remember that the qualifying day was 45. 45 I have, okay. Um, my qualifying day, there was a power trail of high difficulty in terrain puzzle caches, I think it was, uh, in central Ontario. And a few of us just took the day, and they were all roadsides with a high variety of DTs. And it was kind of along an escarpment, so it was like a, a big cliff with rock walls. Mm -hmm. So that provided for some high, high yeah. terrain uh, caches to find because we had the ladder with us and prop it up every so often, do some risky climbing sometimes. It was a fun I day. <laughs> just finding our way clarified in the um, chat that he did it with just challenge caches. Mm -hmm. So 41 different challenge caches in a day at least. And I can see that because those difficulties are all over the page, depending on yeah, the difficulties what you're and depending, for. Yeah. And, and depending on, uh, on who placed the challenges and when 
some people tend to rate the terrains of challenge caches for the qualifi qualifying uh, geocaches, not right instead of the actual terrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you could do a roadside series of technically one terrain challenge caches, all rated four and With five. The high terrain. terrain, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a debatable practice, and I think it's less common these days. But if they're out there, that's a good way to qualify. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have one, now the one sent in from ZipperTiff. This is GC7HAH1, and it is the quasi-challenge, a.k.a. 96 tiers, hmm. by Racer57. We have one just like this in Ontario. I think it was inspired by this one. Oh, this one doesn't have a graphic. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> too many teardrops. For one heart to be crying, too many teardrops for one heart to carry on. You're going to cry 96 tears. You're going to cry 96 tears. You're going to cry, 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 cry. Now nah, you're going to cry, 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 cry. 96 tears. Come on, <laughs> I'm going to hear you cry now. That's after a song. I'm pretty sure 96 tears, that's a song, right? Somebody in chat will, will answer that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the task is to find each of the eight main cache types, traditional, multi, puzzle, where I go, earth cache, event, virtual, and letterbox, in every month of the year doesn't have to okay. be consecutive months not all in the same year you basically just have to fill up your 12 month grid of those eight different cash types i like it it's not so hard but it's another one of those that if you miss a month you've got to wait a year yes <laughs> so it can take a lot of time if you don't target each of those cash types each month and it's another one of those that, you know, if you, you started off and you're almost qualifying, but then the month before you started, you're missing one. Mm -hmm. No! <laughs> um, I wonder if there is, if I can find the graphic one. Uh, the one that we have in Ontario has a nice little graphic that you can print off and uh to track if you will yeah a lot of people have used that to is that it no um uh well it's near uh niagara falls i'll have to look at maybe i'll drop a link in the description as well but um yeah there's a nice little graphic of that that whole grid of all those eight uh eight ch uh cash types for each month. Uh, that's another fun Ooh, one. I do not qualify. Ooh. I'm mainly missing where I goes and two letter boxes. How far away? Uh, like how within So I need a where I go in April, May, June, July, and August. So I could do that. Mm -hmm. And I need a letterbox in December and January. I'm going to work towards this. <laughs> yeah and the other frustrating thing is that that is such an easy qualification just find a letterbox that month but it's so far away right it can be <laughs> so next up we have one sent in by uh uh, uh, uh bloody cool it is the gc44bjz chuck co ny tpt number 98 zombie birthday challenge <laughs> and this one was published in 2013 by the zombie horde i'm guessing that is a place by name not the geocacher's username 
and it is i think it's part of a series of challenge caches yeah but, with that number 98 on it yeah oh wait it says this is the 98th cache in the chuck co series the oh yeah. county chuck county series yeah chuck charles county yeah okay chuck co okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good um so this one the challenge is there it is in order to log this cache is find you must first find and log a cache that was hidden on the exact date as your geo birthday okay. i think a lot of people know this challenge or have already done this challenge but i think every geocacher at some point needs to complete this challenge because <laughs> sure. so you're really you're finding one cache yes one cache to, to qualify but it has to be a cache that was published on the exact date that you set up your geocaching user account. Month, day, and year. Yes. Gotcha. So the exact date you created your account. So some people tend to think of their anniversary as the first date that they found a cache. That, that's one type of anniversary, but this mm -hmm. one is the date that you create your account. That's that oh. is available, I believe, on your public profile. It is because that date is a lie for me. <laughs> it was a few months <laughs> till I went out and got the first one after I created my account. Well, it's not a lie. It's just a, <laughs> it's so, just a date that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you've got your joined date right under your name on the profile joined. That's the date you need to find a cache published on that date. Hmm. That's the challenge. And I like that because I mean, for one thing, <laughs> when you created your account, you weren't looking for a cache that was published no. the same day. <laughs> You had no so, idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and the chances of one being published near where you are on that date are is also very slim. So it's one that can encourage traveling mm -hmm. if necessary, um, learning how to search uh, for a specific hidden date for a mm -hmm. cache. Um, and it's just one cache, just one cache, but they are out there. I think there is an exception for if there isn't one then uh, th there's things for published before 2004. Um, so, I mean, if there is an issue and there is no qualifying cash, then there are exceptions. But oh, for the most part, anybody. Yeah, is, the further back you go, out. I think the fewer caches were getting published, mm -hmm. I, I, I would think. So that's good yeah. that he has some exceptions there. This is one to, to do if you're going on vacation and you don't have a qualifier near you watch for this one because you could be going somewhere and drive right by it and not even know. Yes. And there's your qualification. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting from the chat. Mine was Christmas day and it was a little difficult to find a cash published on that date. Is it, it's not published. So it's yeah, the there's the difference day. between published and hidden. Yeah. Right. So hidden on Christmas day would be the thing. Yeah. So that's the other thing. That's another aspect of caches that, uh, that beginners might not know about the hidden date isn't necessarily the same as the published date. Mm -hmm. The hidden the hidden date, you can put whatever generally you can put whatever you want into that field. When you create a cache, right? Published date, you have no real control over. That's when the reviewer decides to make it public, but the hidden date is ideally theoretically the date that as a cache owner, you go out and place the cache. Mm-hmm. Because you could do that and then go and create the listing, and then two weeks later it could get published. So th and that's, that's the difference. What counts those for dates. those date challenges, your Jasmine and right. Yeah. So if you were doing searches, what you see when you do a search for caches is that in that date hidden column is the hidden date, not the published date. Mm -hmm. 
there is a feature on Cashly <laughs> to search by published date. <laughs> so that that is a new thing cool. that is rolling out because a lot of people have really asked for that. <laughs> so of all the people who have sent in uh, their challenge cash qualifications for the monthly challengers challenge, uh, we have chosen randomly one winner. And that winner this month is just finding our way. Yay! Oh, Congratulations. That means you have won the Challenge Talk GeoCoin. And we'll be in touch to make sure that you get that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Congratulations. And to round out the uh, episodes, I'd like to do a little quick little highlight on the status of my own Iron Man Bingo Challenge. Because every month there's eh, sometimes a little bit of an update. It's a, a very difficult challenge that some people uh, are still working on completing. And that is GC3D5EB. This is a pre-moratorium challenge where you are required to win bingo uh, based on completing streak challenges. So each square from B to O and one to five is a different type of streak. Uh, anything from 25 days of difficulties, three and under to five straight days of where it goes. The center one, uh, N3 is 100 consecutive days of geocaching. So there are many ways to complete a bingo. There are a couple of easy ways and a couple of hard ways, but uh, I keep track of people who have completed and am rewarding a, a geocoin, which will soon be minted for this challenge for people who complete special shapes and the full card. And I've extended that challenge to listeners of Challenge Talk. Anybody who completes the full card, which is no small task, <laughs> will also win one of these geocoins. Because it's listeners of the podcast, you don't have to go out and find the cash because right. the cash is mm -hmm. my hometown. But if you qualify, post a note, make sure that uh, that it's recorded that you've completed the full card with uh, qualif qualifications and you can win that geocoin. The news for this month, well, a couple of, couple of items actually. There are a couple of new people who have completed the challenge. We've got MMSM who has completed the vertical the, the diagonal b1 to 05 she completed the full line there and Good. skycat has also completed b1 to 05 with their qualifications as well that's two more people who have got that's a bingo awesome yeah uh but the bigger news now is there is a challenge checker <gasps> <laughs> how long did that take <laughs> well Surprisingly, because I, I, I hadn't gone to the forum to request a checker for this, uh, what happened was other people had... So scrolling down right to the beginning, I uh, created scripts for GSAC, so SQL scripts, database scripts that would run through your MyFinds database okay. and present qualifications for you. But not everybody's a GSAC user, and it's kind of mm -hmm. complicated. So other people had, for some of these squares, uh, created some other challenge checkers, just for individual squares. Okay. Problem with problem is I hadn't looked at them, so I don't know how accurate they are. Mm -hmm. And so I did discover that some of them aren't all that accurate. So I went into the forums and said, hey, is it possible to create a checker for as much of this challenge as possible? And thankfully, uh, it was created by 
there was one that was created and um, tagged by Vogelbird using Target's multiple test checker. And really all it is is just a bunch of street checkers. And this is one of those scripts that's interesting because uh, I guess within the script, it has quite a number of different checkers. And so you can create a list of uh, of instances. There, this has to qualify. This has to qualify, and so on. Okay. So they just tagged all of the squares. There's standard streak challenges, and so as many as possible were tagged in here. And if you were to run it, you get a list of all of now get a list of all of the squares that you qualify for. Uh, I don't, so it can't tell you, <laughs> I'll go back to that. It can't tell you if you do qualify or not, because there are some that don't, that don't have a checker yet or can't be checked because there are a couple of streaks where you've got to find lonely caches, uh, caches that haven't been found for a certain amount of time. And that isn't in the script. So it tells you if you qualify for a square or if you don't, or if you maybe qualify. Those maybe qual those maybe squares you have to go back revert to the old way and do your own check uh, to 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 make sure that you qualify for it. But that's and then great. you know if you qualify. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the other thing with this is that apparently this script doesn't have an attribute streak checker yet. So the Vogelbird also provided checkers for those other maybe squares that okay. can be checked. Awesome. So we've got got a checker for three days of scuba gear. Uh, the 10 kilometer hike, UV abandoned structures and scenic views. There aren't checkers for the lonely cache streaks, but there is now a legitimate project GC checker for every other square, which make things makes things so much easier. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so thank you to Vogelberg for doing that. And now anybody who wants to test their qualifications doesn't have as much work to do. That was part of the difficulty of this challenge. Right. But we're far enough in the future that, you know, the checkers are out there may as well provide them. So if you're working on that, go for it. Post a note, post a comment. Let me know. Yeah. I want to see the hardcore people. <laughs> yeah. See if you can do it in a hundred days as only, was it one, two, three, I think four or five people have managed to do the full grid in 100 days. That's amazing. I love it. Nuts. nuts. <laughs> I still have to qualify for the bingo. This this was pre-moratorium, which means that when you the didn't cash have owner to. didn't have to qualify for their own challenge yet. <laughs> so it's still something I'm working towards. <laughs> so uh, that that's it for the show. Any closing thoughts about springing forward? I'm ready. The, the weather's nice. I'm ready for a vacation. I'm ready for a geocaching road trip. I can't wait. It's like seven weeks away, unfortunately, but <laughs> well, I'm, I'm ready for that... some dedicated caching to yeah. really focus on on finding what I what I want to find and not just what's in my backyard. Yeah. And you're able to travel between states right now, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the ability we ontario is huge and uh we've got lots of options for road trips but i'm still waiting to be able to cross some kind of border <laughs> all of the eastern provinces are still locked down like making their own little provincial bubble of uh, mm -hmm. maritime they don't want anybody coming in there and then our other provinces have their own lockdowns and border things and it's just like can't travel anywhere let alone the u.s yeah that and feels just so 
closed in, I'm sure. And you've got all these events coming up in the summer in, in the U.S. mega events and, Just, and anniversaries no. and stuff. No, Jeff, you cannot come. It's <laughs> so sad. It's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> So just a reminder, our next show is on the, for, well, yeah, our every show is on the first Thursday of the month, and our next show is on May 6th, coming up Thursday, May 6th. And as usual, we'll have show notes posted to the description shortly after the show airs in the video descriptions, and uh, so you can check that out. We'll have all these challenge caches listed as well, mm-hmm. and if you have any uh ideas or you find any really cool caches then please don't forget to email challenge talk podcast at gmail.com we love to hear from you your comments thoughts corrections as well <laughs> are welcome we'd love to hear from you and uh i guess until next time thanks for watching and listening and remember it's not the numbers it's challenge accepted <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for participating with us. Yeah. We'll see you next time.